This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. And welcome to another episode of the Stardom Cast, your now weekly audio source for all things World Wondering Stardom, right here on the Pod Mania Podcasting Network. I am your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined as ever by Chris O'Brien. Chris, how the devil are you doing? I have a lot of DVDs very suddenly, and I don't know how it happened. You have certainly been diving into the film train. Like, I've never known... For someone who has never seen any film ever, to the point where it's become a <laughs> running joke, I don't understand well, where this sudden love of film has come from. Well, I think I started watching films. It's like, oh, films are okay. <laughs> so, Oh, this medium's all right that people have been going on about since the late 60s. Yeah, I think it's just some, like I think it's because it's like there's very little to be excited about right now. Like I have fucking um, the government emailing me going, why don't you have a job? And like, well, there's no jobs, and apparently that's not a valid excuse. But you know, um, so I was like, oh, that's something to be excited about, and it's very cheap. Like I got everything on my shelf for less than a tenner, which is incredible. And also, I've watched sixty-one films either the first time or the first time in five years this year. I'm so proud of you. Um, you're expanding your horizons, and that makes me happy. You won't be happy because I've been ranking them in Jurassic Park's 52nd. Out of 67? Yeah, no, well, 61, sorry. It's 57th out of 61? 52nd. Out of 61? Um, Yeah, you're not going to be happy with some of the stuff beating it too. Um, Pitch Perfect 2 and 3 are beating it. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog is beating it. The new one? What, the new Sonic the Hedgehog? It's supposed to be old Sonic the Hedgehog. Don't you dare mock me when you've put Sonic the fucking Hedgehog above Jurassic, above Jurassic. Park. Let me explain. Jurassic the Park is... Jurassic the Park is very, very Jurassic much... Jurassic the Park. <laughs> it's very much a family movie, right? A family kids movie that you either need to be around for during the time or a kid to see it. Because, quite frankly, unless the T-Rex was on screen, I was very bored. Because... Alan was meant to be, like, warming up to, like, these little children. And you know what? Two things. One, I kind of wanted the children to die. They were very fucking annoying. Two, fucking... He, he acted towards those children like fucking Jack Nicholson did in The Shining, which, incidentally, is 12th on the list. Um, and, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan at all, quite frankly. Jeff Goldblum and um, the T-Rex are the only things that save this. Most of the humor was humor about giant mounds of shit. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening to the podcast, you will suddenly become very, very, very aware of why Chris doesn't watch films because he comes out with fucking monstrosities like this. Hey, there's some classics in my top ten. Silence of the Lambs, my favourite. There's Fight Club. Um, Coco made me cry. Alien made me terrified. Pulp Fiction. I finally get the references. <laughs> I remember watching like it for he... the first time and then thinking, that's where the Call Direct adverts come from. Not the Call Direct, the 
car insurance advert. What's it called? Yeah, one one eight one one eight. No, no, the oh, uh, oh, I, damn I it, line. Because uh, um, I got very confused because um, my when I was like fifteen, my brother bought me a wallet for Christmas and it said "bad motherfucker" on it, and I was like, "Well, where did you get this?" And then it's like, "Oh, now I get it. I now know where the gimp comes from." Um, I can now, I now every time I drink coffee in the morning, say that's some gourmet shit. It's great. What the fuck do you mean? I know that's where the gimp comes from. That's not where all gimps originated from. I know, but people because like, I what have you ever watched Community? No, it, you should. It's very funny. But um, <laughs> there's this um in the episode there's like in the series there's like a Pulp Fiction homage like Abed who's really into films they film from a Pulp Fiction party, and Pierce the old guy played by Chevy Chase is dressed as a gimp. And I'm like, well, why is he dressed as a gimp? Now it makes sense. Chris, I'm going to quickly just stop you there. Um, <laughs> Pitch Perfect 1. Oh, Pitch I'm, Perfect. I'm not even going to say it's it's okay because you've completely smashed every single film ranking system that I can possibly wrap my teeny tiny head around by <laughs> well, ranking both, not here, only Pitch Perfect 1, but Pitch Fucking Perfect 2 above Jurassic Park, which makes no actually, logical sense. Actually, it's Pitch Perfect 2 and Pitch Perfect 3 above but fairly, Pitch Perfect 2 is um, 36 and Pitch Perfect 3 is 43. I've never been so sure of someone being wrong about life in my entire, in my entire life. Honestly, you make me sad. <laughs> because I didn't like Jurassic Park? No, because of... Do you know what? We're not going to get into this now. I'm not going to rise to it, Chris. You're wrong. No, what I'm you afraid think? you're no, going to have to deal exactly with it. What... I know exactly what you're going to do. When you do the watch along on Thursday, you're just going to drag Garth into it. I'm not going to drag Garth into it because I'm genuinely worried Garth is going to kill you. I've, no, that's the thing, because I sent you both this list and I was I was very much... Um, I very much knew you didn't click on the link because neither of you were <laughs> mad about where I put Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, you, I, I honestly don't know how to come back to half the shit you're spouting, so I'm not going I to bother... I did find out that both you and Gar fancy Emma Stone this week. Cause, well, yesterday, actually, because I was watching Amazing Spider-Man, which is number 23 on the list. And... What? Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you need to stop talking. You need to stop talking now, because a Sunday night is not a time for me to be this angry. <laughs> Are you actually legit? Like, I expected Gaff to get angry. I didn't expect, to be fair, Gaff's probably happy with how far at Clerks is. Clerks is 15, 16, 16. Anyway, because I just, <laughs> I can't carry on with this conversation. <laughs> Basically, ladies and gentlemen, as we said last week, we are going to go weekly, at least for the foreseeable, um, with the Tag League and looking at Stardom's calendar for the next couple of weeks. There are enough shows for us to sustain doing a weekly podcast um, based around Stardom. Again, depends completely on uh, uploads and things like that. So if the uploads mean that we can't do it on a Sunday, which is when we're going to ordinarily record them and put them out, then we'll either let you know on the podcast or we'll let you know via Twitter or Discord that it will be a different day. Um, because, you know, if a Corican show is a Wednesday and it isn't finished uploading by the Sunday, then I'd rather wait the extra day and actually get all of the matches in. So you might have to bear with us, but ordinarily it'll be 
out on a Sunday at 11 o'clock British Standard Time. Anyway, um, we are in the midst of the Goddesses of Stardom Tag League. Um, at the moment of the time recording, it's 20 past 8 on the 18th of October. I know that Nights 3 and Nights 4 have happened, but obviously they aren't up on Stardom World yet. However, however we all need to thank uh, Mayu because Mayu has managed to push her match onto Stardom World because apparently that was going to take a little bit of time and she pushed the match between who, her and... Let me get this right. Takuma Iroha. Takumi Ihara, yeah. No, Takumi Iroha. Apparently, I've been saying it wrong <laughs> since <laughs> fucking February. <laughs> so, um, Valkyjan on Discord pointed, said, oh, lovely podcast episode, but it's Iroha, not Ihora. And you, we must have said it last podcast about 19 times. It's fucking... No one felt the need to point this out <laughs> since February. I have mentioned that match on every podcast <laughs> since February. I know. I, I, I read it and I was like, oh, actually, yeah, it is Spelleroha. Anyway, um, that match is on Stardom World now, but none of the others from Night 3 or Night 4 are up, so we won't be reviewing them. We'll be saving those for next week's episode. Today, we are focusing just on nights one and nights two. Night one from Osaka and then night two from Tokyo. But first, before we start that, Chris, I want to talk... There's some non-stardom news that I want to sort of intersperse throughout the podcast and then I want to bring back to right at the very end of the show. Um, There are some shows that have been added to the stardom calendar very, very quickly. Um, This was from... I've actually stolen this from Niagara Driver's uh, Twitter, so thank you, Niagara Driver. Um, I meant to mention this last week, actually. Stardom is going to be running the brand-new Mutsu City Gym on the 28th of November, um, which is looking a similar size, maybe smaller than the Yokohama Budokan. Um, and then there's that's on top of uh, the big venue shows in Sendai on the 15th of November, which is Sendai Cinderella, and then Osaka on the 20th of December. The current holding date for the year-end climax, at the time of recording again, is Boxing Day. That's when the year-end climax should be. Whether it is... <laughs> Depends very much on the pandemic, but at the moment it is the twenty sixth of um, of December. Chris, I wanted to bring up uh, the PWI rankings for um, the the PWI magazine released their top. Is it top five hundred? It's top five hundred, isn't it? Or is it top one hundred? Top one hundred. I think we do a top 100 and then put 500 and I'm very, I don't know. I only ever see it because people are mad and then I get very confused about how they rank it because it never seems to be very consistent. Well, that was what I wanted to just share with you. So someone very kindly has edited out so that we've just got the Japanese contingent or people that wrestle in Japan for different companies onto a list. Now, I just want to tell you where some of these are and then you can sort of pick it apart, Chris. So... Uh, number number eight on the list is Rio, or Rio. Keep going, on Rio. Rio. Uh, number nine is um, Io Shirai. Number ten is Mayu. Um, you've got Momo Watanabe at twenty-eight, B Priestley at thirty-seven, Jamie Hater at forty-seven, uh, Julia is way back in fifty-fourth, uh, Utami sixty-fifth, um, Layla Hirsch uh, down at seventy. 
Siori at 78, and then Session Moth Martina at 82. <laughs> yes, she made it. Um, okay, so in terms of like this, I think they're basing it from June last year, like around this time last year to around this time now. I think is how they're doing it. I can't it. So remember like, well, the exact dates, but I know that it does run through till September of this year. So that kind of makes sense because some people like Shuri didn't really do anything, um, didn't really turn up and start getting pushed properly until fairly recently. Um, Layla Hirsch, from my understanding, she did a lot on the like smaller, well, not smaller, but like mid tier American indies. Like she does, like, um, oh, Christ, where was it? It doesn't really matter. Um, She's wrestled for Tokyo Cyber Squad. I'm sure she has. Yeah. She, We've covered her on this she, podcast. She has. She was at the, um, she was in the tag match where, um, she's the one who got pinned. And then Hannah said, you think you're cool by pinning my, um, bodyguard. Yeah. I do remember that. It was earlier on in the year anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it, if this makes more sense than the PWI normally does, they, they are very slanted and very easily, um, coerced. Like for example, Hulk Hogan and the nasty boys were very high up in, what 1994 because pwi had a um had an agreement with wcw yeah had a big hard on for hulk hogan didn't they and wcw yeah in general. And, and his and his pasta um <laughs> did you ever have but, you ever um, tried any hulk hogan pasta does it exist well pasta mania once existed um i was just wondering if they sell any or anything like oh. that scotland seems to be oh. a place where if it exists it would be sold in scotland it, it exists in Scotland. You can find it for a tenner somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't seem to exist anymore. <laughs> There's a reason oh, for that. Did I we believe. see the eBay find of the day? Oh, oh it's a Pasta Mania shirt, not Pasta. But again, does Pasta? No, Pasta. I, presumably, it goes off, but it's very dry. I, I don't know. I know that it didn't last long. Um, like I remember it. I remember it appearing on one episode of Nitro, and then just nothing ever again. So yes, apparently it's technically safe to eat dried pasta after its expiration date. There you go. Food advice with the Stardom cast. <laughs> it's a, you, need, you need to save all you can nowadays. Like you say, capitalism is great. <laughs> um, okay, so where was Mayu again? Uh, Mayu was 10th. 10th. That's really good. That's, for someone outside of like a mainstream, well, Sardin's more mainstream than people that don't. To be honest, Sardin probably is in the mainstream in terms of wrestling, in wrestling terms, its impact is nowadays. But um, that's that's good for like a not non-American talent in these PWI rankings. I could be wrong, but from what I remember, if obviously the list I'm looking at at the moment is the edited one, but from what I remember she is the only one from 1 to 10 who is not either from WWE or AEW. Um, but that makes perfect sense, to be fair. Didn't Jordan Grace get quite high? I can't remember. I imagine she was relatively high, yes. PWI. Are you going to look it up? I think the yeah, main thing that people were... Me, I'd had, I'd had... Okay. Top 20, 20, 2020, sort of. August. Okay, that's not the right one. Fuck's sake. Um, there we go. Ba well, Bailey's top. Bailey's number one. Makes sense. She's held the championship for over a year. Hang on. Let's see. How how do they do this? Um, on championships one, quality of opposition, technical. So it's kayfabe. Win-loss record, overall activity, and momentum. So, like, it's... 
Kayfabe, I'm getting so many fucking adverts. No, I don't want to make a penis bigger. It's perfectly adequate. Um, <laughs> okay. Close, 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 close. It won't close. <laughs> right, so number one's Bailey, then it's Becky, then Asuka, Charlotte, um, Banks, Sheeda, Tessa Blanchard, 7th. Um, yeah. Riho's 8th. Chirai's 9th. Okay, um, Grace is 19th. There you go. Um, how, how the fuck did Kimberly get so high? What the fuck is she done? I think the issue, the main issue from what I've seen on Twitter seems to be how high Riho is compared to how high she, Mayu she, is. She, well, Rio was, was AEW Women's Champion. That's more... They're going to see in terms of quality... If they're taking quality of opponent in, and also she's going to be wrestling a bit more because she's a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Like, so she wrestles fucking everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And again, to reach top 10 in this sort of list where you haven't got the exposure of a WWE or an AEW... That's really, really, really good, and it pays testament to just how good a year Mayu's actually had. Yeah, all of the title defenses of well, all of them bar Saki have been must see. <laughs> and that's not being mean to Saki, but like the main bit of that was Mayu finally got to fall down every single Corican step, which I feel like she's been wanting to do since. It wouldn't birth. surprise me if that has been a dream of hers for many, many years. <laughs> She just doesn't enjoy, like it's like how Ishii isn't happy that other people have necks. She's because he doesn't she have one. Neck. <laughs> yeah, I, why do you think he fucking lariats people so hard? Just loves it. Just loves it, doesn't he, Big Tom? Yeah, he's in it. For, he's in it for the. Uh... Um. So moving on from that, I just wanted to get your thoughts, really, uh, basically, Chris. I thought, to be honest, when I first saw it, I was like, that seems, it seems fair. Um. Even though Riho didn't. I mean, she wrestled a bit for AEW, and then once the pandemic hit, obviously she hasn't been able to, and she's been depending on freelance work in yeah, Japan. But, but she was the first winner of the belt, the women's belt in AEW, which is at the moment the second biggest wrestling company in America, and certainly at the moment top five in the world. So you know she's obviously going to be relatively high. Um. I, you know, taking it as a personal thing, I would love Mayu to be top three, but, you know, she's not going to be. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have the exposure of a Becky Lynch or a Bailey or a Charlotte, does she? So she's not going to be that high up. Um, moving on from the PWI um, top 100 women, we made a massive faux pas in the last podcast. Um, as You know, aside from mispronouncing names, um, we also ballsed up the schedule for the tag league. Um, because apparently... You're the stats guy. You buzzed it up. I just went along with it. I know, because apparently stardom can't do something simply. So, ordinarily, if a a tournament is split into two blocks, you would assume that everyone in each block would fight the people in their blocks. But no, 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 no. Apparently, uh, in the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, this is straight from the English uh, Stardom account, in the Goddess of Stardom Tag League 2020, each team will face all the teams in the other block. So the Red Goddess's team do not face teams in the Red Goddess block. They face all the Blue Goddess teams. And then, obviously, the same for the Blue. And then the teams with the most points in each block go on to the final. Why? That's so unnecessarily complicated. That's so confusing. You don't get the understand same why. Of, you get the same amount of matches as well. Exactly. It doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, I, I, like, why do I feel that's what happened last year and I just didn't notice? 
I don't know. I wasn't watching last year. So I, at least I have I'm, that excuse. You don't have an excuse. I didn't, I didn't pay close attention to Tag League because New Japan burned me one too many times. <laughs> um. So yeah, what we'll do is once we get to the end of these two days, we'll reassess what we said at the end of the last podcast and sort of give a sort of adjusted... Um, preview of who we think is going to win who's going to be the final things like that now that we know that each team isn't going to be facing the same block because you know unnecessarily complicated anywho let's move on to what we are here to review so we're here to review the first two nights of the stardom goddesses of stardom tag league uh we'll start with night one obviously seems a pretty good place to start uh from the 10th if we do the stardom way we'd, ta- we'd start with day two but then also <laughs> review day one as we go along start with all the death matches um so we're going to start uh, with night one from the 10th of October. Um, Osaka, Japan, Eddie and Arena, Osaka 2, in front of 283 people. Um, we started with the opening ceremony and then moved on to a singles match with Saki Kashima defeating Mina Shirakawa at 6 minutes and 35 seconds with my emblem. Um, Chris, what did you think of this match? This was fine. Like, um, Saki's a good, she's a good measuring stick for someone because you're not going to have a bad match with Saki. You're not going to have a great one, but like, if you sting it up with Saki, you're probably doing something wrong. It's like X Pac back in the day. Um, I, but like, my first note here is New Girl a Jobber now because I, I did forget her name. But Mina Shirakawa. Yeah, I forgot Shirakawa's name. But um, I was like, is she a jobber? Because she's losing to Saki. It's it's very strange. And I'll talk a little bit more about where we find... Fist, but didn't, like, none of the strikes looked amazing, but we all landed well enough. We'll talk so a little that... bit about where we think Mina is after the tag match of night two. But I do right. agree with you. It was very strange to see Saki get the win over Mina here in preparation for their tag league match. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree her moves were okay. Um, you know, there's nothing that stands out glaringly. It's horrendously bad, but there were moments like where she was noticeably behind Saki. I wasn't massive on that um, pendulum. I enjoyed the reversal out of the My Emblem into the pendulum submission. I don't think she got all of it, and I think she sort of... I don't know. It it looked a little bit strange, but I enjoyed the reversal out of it. And it's nice to see that she's trying stuff like that. Um, obviously, I'm I'm not familiar with the work outside of Stardom, so I've got no idea whatsoever if this is a thing she does uh, regularly. I just... Like I said, there was just a couple of things that didn't quite click. Um, there was a face crusher, which Saki hit, um, which Mina took all of right on the face, right in the face, which also led to one of the closest two counts I think I've ever seen in my entire life, um, taking out of account the G1 final from today, which had two of the most ridiculously close counts I've ever seen. Um, but I'm just happy, Chris, that we get an Oida time match with a fucking finish. Who'd ever thought we'd see the day of where we have two Oida time matches, well, three, and two of them have a finish? Well, Chris... I mean, yes. I rated this four. There's not a lot that we can say about it otherwise. Um, yeah. Speaking 
other weird time matches with a finish. Um, we move on to match <laughs> two. Um, this is what I needed after the five star. After that five star, this is what I needed. I know. Was more Natsuko Tora singles matches on a tag league show. Match two, Himika defeats Natsuko Tora at seven minutes and two seconds via disqualification because, of course, because obviously, because uh, fuck's sake. Uh, at a certain point, human resources have to step in. This is an unsafe working environment. When she comes to the ring every time with a chain, like you'd assume someone would point it out. She's going to hit someone with that. It's not just that. It's, it's the referee like death because the chain is so loud i was going to point that out the sound of that fucking chain in every oida time match not even just Taurus. it was in the black widows match later on the night it's going to haunt my nightmares just that chain everywhere every single match it makes no fucking sense absolutely no fucking sense um it annoyed me even more because nightmares yeah because it annoyed me even more because up to that point, this was actually a decent match. Yeah, it was a hot match. It was great. Like, like I, I actually put that in a note. But in uh, like finishing remarks of the match, it's like, um, this is like any Toro match. She shows glimpses of being great, and then the chain comes out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the fact that she's trying to be inventive with it. So she used it to get out of the running power. power I, I like yeah, that. That was, that was cool. But I'm just, I'm just fuck this finish, dude. It's every single fucking match because if that's the finish, she gets out of the power bomb, then just continues to strangle Himika. Fine, I mean it's not fine, but you know why do we then have to have another fucking hanging spot? I mean, I don't care if I don't see one of those ever again. Question: Does she even do a hanging spot in the No DQ match? Because I can't remember there being. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, also, something that really wound me up. Saki's interfering in the match. Micah is ringside. Fucking stop her! <laughs> she, hey, she, she has matches coming up. She needs, to, Honestly, she needs to save her energy. I've actually written here, I can hear that rattling of the chain in my fucking nightmares now. Um, the only good thing about this match is that Himika has graduated to wearing a robe like the rest of Donna Del Mondo now. Um, <laughs> it's taken her to... What, you, what, the five star was like a uh, sorority <laughs> yeah. initiation. It's like, it's like fucking 22 Jump Street. It's like, here you go. Exactly. You've, you've come second. You haven't quite won. So here, have a robe. Um, there's just Nats a point now to go. Than any of us. Say again? Um, yeah, so it's like, you've done better than all of us. You've earned this. <laughs> here, have a robe. Um, but yeah, just completely fucking pointless because neither woman looked stronger for this finish. Neither woman looked weaker because of this finish. It might as well have just not existed. It was completely and utterly fucking pointless. I, I, you know what? Today, I, I saw I saw this... Um, it was a really bad meme, right? It was a really bad meme. It was like, in Canada, it's, it's about wrestling. It's like, in Canada, it's family. In Mexico, it's tradition. In Japan, it's a sport. In America, it's a joke. And the guy put above, I watch Japanese wrestling because you don't have any fuck finishes. And I'm like, are you joking me? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you watch? Have you, like, do you know the history? Have you seen half of this shit? <laughs> It's like, have you watched an Antonio Inoki match in your whole life? To be fair, at the moment in Stardom, if it's not a DQ, it's a fucking time limit draw. 
I'm in the jaw. Oh, we had we had another one. Don't get me started. Oh my god. I know. I know. Um. So I gave it. I gave it four on the premise that it started really well and it was building mm. to something, and then this finish irked me beyond belief. But it's a weeder tie. It's Natsukatora. I've said my piece on it, and I'm not going to say it again because unless, well, actually, maybe I should. Because the more Tora <laughs> continues to do it, maybe I should continue to moan. Um, now that we're weekly, Ralph, please. <laughs> for the love of fucking God. <laughs> do not. Because oh. not only will you lose our, our listeners, you will lose me, the co-host. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, he's moaning about Weedertai again. <laughs> That's going to be in my fucking nightmares. Anyway, uh, match three then. So Suri and Natsupoi defeat Tam Nakano and Saya Ida at 10 minutes and 38 seconds with a high kick. I'm not going to lie, Chris, having a really random tag team match during the tag league makes absolutely league. no sense, <laughs> and it really irked me. Uh, Off-night tag matches are so weird in a tag league, isn't it? Um, like, if it's a six-woman, that's fine. Like, on night two, there was a six-woman, but it makes sense because four but, of the people are going to face off. This made like, no sense. They're I, not even teaming together. <laughs> At least in this case, like Sayurida and um, the Greatest Showman both need um, some really good reps. So, like, this is going to help them. There's no real, you don't want them taking singles because neither of them are really there to be beating big names, but they're also not there to be um, jobbing. So, like, this is like it makes booking sense, but with given what the card is, there's nothing else you could have really done. And this match wasn't bad, like DDM doing Motor City Machine Gun type drop kicks. Yes. I mean, it's about Shiri breaking out a fucking Ozcut. <laughs> Which she pulled off a lot better on this than she did on night two. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, it was a good showcase of um, The Great Showman. I'm really looking forward to what she, she's like on the other side of this tournament, on, on the other side. The other side. Are you just making as many Greatest Showman references so I have to keep this fucking bit in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um but yeah, it was it was a good match. Um I really enjoyed the tag team chemistry that Tam Nakano and Saida had. Um I really enjoyed Yes, absolutely. I really enjoyed as well what Tam and Suri had at the end because the premise the promise of a feud between Suri and Tam Nakano is oh Give me that now. That's going to be fucking amazing. I like how Ida tried to get involved and she just got pushed up away. Bless her, Sire Ida. Um, well, it was weird because Natsupoi tried to do it as well. And Natsupoi seemed to have yeah. beef with Tam Nakano before the match started. And then yeah. it seemed to transition to Tam and Suri. And Natsupoi and Sire Ida were just like, fuck oh, off. I, I forgot to say that fucking opening with Natsupoi and Tam. Oh my god! The kick reversals, like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, matrix, a matrix duck for a kick reversal is so extra, but only Tam could pull it off. It was incredible. It was a really, really good open. That's half the reason I've given it a six, to be perfectly honest. Yes, yeah, a six. It's a really good, really fun match. Better than most of Okada's G One, ever being completely honest. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Match four, then, and we finally have our first tag league match. <laughs> No, no, I don't. Okay, so Rio and fucking Pennywise, apparently. Match four sees Colomy Pop, which is now Gokigan Death or Goihan Death, um, and 
Riho defeating MK Sisters at 9 minutes and 54 seconds with a roll-up. I mean, for a start, we've got Death, who stars have put a spell on her. If you take what they say in their pre-match promos, they've put a spell on her to make her more in keeping with the star's aesthetic. No, 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 because she comes running out full tilt like this childlike nightmare version of a circus clown, veering full tilt around the ring. Just absolute horror show. Absolute horror Plus, Chris, before you start, okay, death. Got a clean pinfall victory over Mayu, which technically means that Death has a claim to the fucking World of Stardom Championship. Okay, so, several things. Um, How are you not more annoyed about that? Because I'm going to build up, you you start off slow and you build up. It's a lesson that all Japan never learned. Anyway, um, yeah, (laughs) I have a lot of clown jokes that I'm going to try and um, spread out over the duration of Tag League. Um, but Mr. Tumble does have a claim to the World of Stardom Championship. Um, I am genuinely scared by Mr. Tumble. Um, Mr. Tumble... Scared. You know what? I, I'm just going to get some of these out of my system. You know what she looked like? She looked like... Have you, you know the Simpsons episode of Lisa's First Word? Yes. You know the Bart bed that Homer built, the <laughs> clown bed that Homer built for Bart? She looks like that, and I can't, I can't get over it. Um, but like, there's good things in this match. There's some good lucha things between Rio and Kid at the start. Then my notes just start going, oh, God, get away from me. Rio is now dancing with the clown. Why does the clown dance? Um, the clown pinned May. What? What? Yeah. Um, to be fair, it wasn't completely clean. May was caught, caught by surprise. I think if you're going to do that, Rio is the better person to get the win. I guess you're trying to get um, TCS people as many wins to make them look a bit more as part of stars. But she doesn't look part of stars, does she? Does old death. She looks... For a start, she's called death still. Yeah. Not very um, stars I name. Think, I actually think Mr. Tumble is a better name. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I just don't. I, I understand he's still like Death's new aesthetic take over this whole match, but like I saw a picture of it on our last recording session on Tuesday, and I kind of I kind of thought it's, it's not going to be as distracting as it looks. No, it's exactly as distracting as it looks on paper. If anything, it is more distracting to the point where Mayu went for a kick and had to stop because she pissed herself laughing at Death <laughs> doing this horrible crying clown face. Mayu having the time oh, of her life here. <laughs> like, ah, although, like, another Death versus Mayo match would be fun. I doubt, because we're in the same faction, I doubt Death's going to take the route to get the world started. To be honest, I don't think um, she has any aspirations towards gold. I think she only has aspirations towards hiding and drained and scaring the shit out of children. Absolutely. I mean, th- this was just a car crash of a match from start of it. I mean, <laughs> you had Mayu not being able to kick death because she it was a proper laugh as well it wasn't kayfabe um starlight kid slipped and fell over which then made may laugh even harder they then went for some manner of flamboyance off the top rope where um starlight kid is supposed to stand on mayu's shoulders but mayu's on the top rope and starlight kid runs to the wrong corner of the ring which then makes <laughs> mayu laugh even harder mayu spends the entire match pissing herself laughing it's just what? Yeah, she just what she cops in this match. Oh, I, I, people ask me why do you like wrestling? 
and I, I just I have no comeback when the stuff like this. Oh, I, I sent a picture of there was a point in this match where, um, what where Rio had Starlight in a hold and Death went underneath Rio's legs, and um, I'd sorry I just saw Gaff's comment to me considering buying a Pokemon Blu-ray, but um, <laughs> I, but she went under and Gaff just put a hell no because like I can't I can't like I I I'm looking at it right now and. Can, can you move on? Can you? Oh my god! It was. Ah. It was. It was. I gave it four because it wasn't a bad match. It was just sheer fucking chaos, and uh, the chaos continues on night two, which we'll get to in a minute. I'm just. I'm trying to get my head around the fact that Gokin and Death actually has a pinfall victory yeah. over the world of Stardom champion, but that's that's by the by. You know what? Gets, you know what gets me even more. Go on. It's for the little bow. The little bow somehow makes it worse. <laughs> so much more offensive. Um, no, no, because, like, I don't know, Death was going to pin Mayo at some point. The amount of pinfall she goes for is basically an inevitability. So I kind of just accepted that one day it will happen. I didn't think Death would, like, haunt my fucking nightmares whilst doing it, but she she will. And apparently. Jesus. Just, we're just gonna we're gonna get people who like know death because apparently she's really well respected pre death well she's still respected now but like she was a really well respected like um journeyman before being because like a lot of her best work was like when no one cared about joshi but also uh <laughs> i have i sh- i need to have words because it's literally what i'm here to give yeah but i don't have any words it's uh what a gold watch that is. Thank you for your service. Now here, put the fucking clown suit on. Um, match five then saw the Black Widows, which is obviously B Priestley and Konami the Dark versus Aphrodite and in another 20-minute time limit draw. We couldn't even make it think- halfway through night one of Tag League before we had another fucking time limit draw, Chris. We'll get into that in a second, but like every time you mention Black Widows or Aphrodites, or I think of two things I watched recently on Disney Plus. I think of the Avenger who died recently, but is somehow still getting a film, and um, the Hercules um, animated series because <laughs> of Aphrodite. <laughs> Aphrodite, and she has her own theme song. It's like Aphrodite, the goddess of love, and it's great, and you should watch it. Um, but like. I, one thing across the two nights which surprised me and I know it shouldn't surprise me at this point but Utami's really good in the grapple exchanges really really good that's something that I've actually got yeah. noted for both matches that she's in um, she's improved massively in that area especially over the last like six months um, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this out of the way now Chris um, I know that I, I haven't written a rating for this one because I don't know how to rate it I found this match a little bit disappointing and I don't know if it's because B and Konami don't quite have the chemistry yet. I mean, their match on night two was a lot better, in my opinion. I just, there was something about this match. There just seemed to be too much. I don't know if it was dead space or there was just something about it that really irked me. Um, I find it very strange that, yes, I know that B has been away for a long time. I know that she's back now. She's the SWA World Champion. She's a New Japan alumni. Um, but. The big angle coming out of Yokohama Cinderella 
was Konami turning. And in the two matches that Black Widows have had, the emphasis has seems to have been very much on B Priestley. Now, I, I don't have an issue with that. I like B Priestley. I think she's great. But Konami has just turned. She's just destroyed Tokyo Cyber Squad, which was the most popular faction in stardom. And it seems to be the B show. And it might, it might not seem like that to others. That's absolutely fine. It might just be me overthinking it, but that's certainly how it seemed, especially on night two. The way I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it two ways. One, B works better as for um, Hot Tag than Konami does. Konami works a lot better at working people down. And also, I think Konami's going to be a bigger focus when she comes across someone from TCS. Like, so far, she's had um, Queen's Quest people, who which are not being funny, but B's beef. Yeah, absolutely, and, I do get that. And also, on the second night, Mayo and Starlight, and B has a problem with Mayo, because, you know, Mayo kind of won the title from her, so. Well, to be fair, B did try and get her own back by trying to destroy Mayu's neck. Doesn't everybody? Doesn't everybody? I think it's just, it's, it's like pulling out um, the sword and the stone. It's like, you're probably not going to do it, but the first person to break Mayo's <laughs> neck is going to get a fucking medal or something. Let's face it, it's one of those things that everyone's tried, no one's succeeded in it. Um, and, you, I, what, I'm trying to think what else is like that. Who, what have I tried so many times for never succeeding at? Um, Goki and Death has never, ever hit that thing in the corner first time. What the fuck? She, I don't think she's ever actually hit that thing in the corner. Um, it, going back to the match, I just... <laughs> I can understand, and I know we give stardom shit, especially recently for their 20-minute time limit draws. It, this one did sort of make sense. You've got the champions and who we've both said are contenders to win the tag league. You want to keep both teams strong. I, I do understand that. This actually makes a little bit of sense. Certainly makes booking sense to make it go the distance. It makes more sense than it makes more sense than him covers his jungle dates. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um it's just that I don't think they did a lot with the twenty minutes. No, that's that's my problem. Like, I'm I'd be fine with this tournament being one with lots of draws if the time limit wasn't twenty minutes. Like, I know I said the same thing in the five star, but it holds up more here because for the most part, the um, draws in the five star were really good. Whereas here, this draw was it, there's a fair bit of time where I just didn't care and things were happening, but the things that happened, they didn't feel impactful because they were clearly drawing shit out until they can get to their draw and I know I didn't feel there was enough interplay between Queen's Quest and B because there should definitely still be beef there absolutely yeah and I know her beef's more with Momo but even so she turned her back on all of Queen's Quest not just Momo yeah and like she would have still been some sort of authority figure in there as well as started champion last year mm. and like she even gave Utami a shot of the belt last year so there's still a relationship there um, I don't know, like this match, I, I like this match more on the potential it has more than rather what it is, the sort of the new mutants of wrestling matches. Well, like, I can see the good in there, but like it's not actually there. <laughs> it was, it was, I think it's one of those that suffered from the hype that I've given it. Konami had an absolutely phenomenal five star 
and I expected this to be all guns blazing. Utami's fantastic. Konami's fantastic. Sayakamatani's come out of the five star as one of the most improved people in stardom. You know, B's back. B's full of, you know, vigor. She's raring to go. And it just, it felt there was portions of this that were a little bit slow. And I think if this was condensed into a 15 minute match, then it would be great. It, you know, it would have been an eight. But there was just so much slow down. I know you've got a team that is very, very much heel wrestlers. You've got Konami who wrestles a very submissive style. Uh, sorry, submission style, not submissive style. <laughs> submissive <laughs> style? It's a very different type of wrestling. Um, I don't even think that's wrestling. <laughs> and you've got B who naturally slows the pace down because she is a heel. But I don't know. There was just there was something that didn't click for me and it, it grated on me throughout the entire match. And I sort of flip-flop between a 6 and a 7 for this match, and I feel like just because of who is in the match, I should give it more. But I don't know, there was just there was something that I didn't get in this match that I did get in the Black Widow's MK Sisters match from night 2. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it feels like this was Utami and Saya on autopilot. They were just doing their normal things. Yes, yeah, it does. It do, It did. It felt like that for all four of them, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas their other matches, they actually did things. Yeah, I was I was just a little bit disappointed. Um, like I say, the, mm. the finish didn't really bother me, and by the sounds of it, it didn't particularly bother you, this one, um, because, you know, no, it, it works. It makes sense that... It actually makes sense here, but like again, the impact this would have had is completely lost now. Yeah, absolutely. They've sort of like, ruined it, haven't they? They've but, spammed it. Like I get to the end, and it's sort of like um, it's like a means to an end. Instead of going, yes, this makes perfect logical sense, but I feel nothing. Mm. It's basically it's basically how I felt watching. Consults his list. Um, <laughs> It's basically how I fe- felt watching The Wolverine. I was just going to say, if you said Jurassic f- Park, I was hanging up. Um, no, The Wolverine, which is 41, um, where everything makes sense, but I'm not feeling anything. Yeah. Hang on, The Wolverine is above fucking Jurassic Park? Not Origins Wolverine, just The Wolverine, the one where he's in Japan. I... I uh... It's a good movie! <laughs> You want the it's very worst pretty, kind of human. What? <laughs> Christ, it's like being back in school. All this over me not liking a movie as much as you do. Fucking hell, Chris. There's not liking a movie as much as someone. Then there's just been some flatly wrong. I mean, like, there's a reason I don't publicise this list, like, completely publicly. I thought you'd be supportive of, well, we're from different generations. Maybe with a generational divide. But you're like, nah, fuck you, young'un. Yeah, absolutely never publish this list. <laughs> Moving back onto Stardom, um, what did you give this? I also flip flop between a six and a seven, and again, I think the seven is mostly just fair because of who's in it. Like, you know, this is like one of those films that has one of those that sells itself from the cast, and then like the plot and it delivers. Nothing in this match was bad at all, no, and but nothing in this match was particularly got me going. Nothing like, no, blew me away. Wa- exactly. Yeah. It's one of those is, things that I would ex- put on, but I wouldn't ask, I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, this is this is, has the same thing to me as most Okada matches where it's like, I can see where you wanted the pop to be, but there was no pop. <laughs> <laughs> Colour me pop. 
Um, uh, don't stop, <laughs> stop reminding me. I just get a fucking flash. It's like Five Nights at Freddy's. I hate it. Um, we move on then to the main event, match six, where Crazy Bloom, which is Julia and Micah, defeated Momo e- Momo AZ. Is that how you call it? Is that what you call it? Momo. A- <laughs> Momism. Momism. <laughs> Momism. I've become really paranoid now that I know that I've mispronounced Takumi's name. I'm really, really paranoid about it. But his, like, I'm pretty sure, like, if they read my name for the first time, they'd call me O'Brien. In fact, most people who write, read my name for the first time do call me O'Brien, and I hate it. Is it, it. not O'Brien? No, it's O'Brien. You know it. You introduce <laughs> me every podcast. Um. Yeah, Crazy Bloom of Julia and Mike are defeating Momo AZ, which is Momo Watanabe and Azumi, at 14 minutes and 54 seconds with Enka Atoshi. I thoroughly enjoyed this match, Chris. This is a really fun match. Um, skipping to the end, just very quickly, Micah has a new... Well, I'm, I'm pretty, she might have used it before, but I don't remember using it. A new power finisher. And using it against Azumi was a good idea because it's the only time she'll actually look like a powerful person because Azumi's tiny and Mike is about average size. Uh, Micah's new gear, which I wanted to talk to you about because I think the old gear fit her character better, although I know in the long term it doesn't actually matter. Um, her like, old sort of gear, no I think... Yeah, there was no frills. Like no it was thrill. a, I am a like, hard, I am basically, I'm rock solid. You ain't getting past me. That's yeah, all for me it was Her new it was gear. Like Shibata or Suzuki for me. That exactly. Gear. The new gear, I think, fits the aesthetic of Donna Del Mondo better. I think it fits DDM better, but it doesn't fit Micah better. Well, you weren't a fan of Utami's new gear either, were you? Well, I wasn't a fan, but now, like, I can't. It's like one of those things where now that I'm used to it, it's like when Okada went to the trousers and like I hated it at first and then I'm like, yeah, I can live with the trousers. I'm kind of there. Like, because ultimately gear doesn't matter unless it's that fucking... Unless you're Tafiyama-san. The gear doesn't really matter because like I'm not going to notice if the match is good. It's just something that like sprung to mind when I saw the new gear. Mm. I liked what you said earlier about Micah hitting the power finisher. I mean, she has used the Enker Atoshi before. Um, quite mm-hmm. a few times, but I do like. You talked last podcast about how Mike was trying to portray this powerhouse character, and she was potentially doing that against the wrong type of opponent. Opponents, Utami. She was definitely doing yeah, that. Yeah, Utami like, and jungle. jungle. Exactly. Because that's what she put out. Like especially about Spinebuster, because she couldn't get him up properly. But like yeah. with Azumi, like she's gonna bump around, bump around you and make it look great. So like it made perfect sense here. Um, I'm finally starting to like Julia. Yeah, I agree. I agree massively, and I'm, I know this is going to make a lot of people who listen to this podcast happy. Julia is quickly becoming one of my favorite things about Stardom. She's not one of my favorite things, but like I, I'm now just like actively fine with her being there instead of like <laughs> actively fine. Uh, like, it's how I feel about Jurassic Park. She's for Jurassic Park. No, I'm kidding. Um, she's better than Jurassic Park. But um, yeah, Julia going around um, the ring like a fucking house on fire. She's moving really fast. And again, a lot of her offense being like big boots. Like, I think it's because that's uh, they overpushed her to sort of get her to that point. Sort of like the same thing we did with Evil and like Okada back in the day in New Japan. And I'm sure Stardom was doing it, but I've only been watching the year. So, I, so like she's the first person to have that happen. And so, like, now we're in the stage where she's just being pushed like a normal person. I, I, I'm 
I don't dislike it now, and actually, I kind of enjoy her when she's there. So, yay! I've I've changed my opinion. Some people may not let me let that go for the rest of my life. No, nope. um, I did really enjoy the Julia and Momo exchanges, especially that Julia really picked up the pace to match Momo. Um, mm-hmm. And this, I really enjoyed. There was a moment where Julia hit the glorious buster but really sold the exhaustion of trying to keep up with Momo and wasn't able to cover and had to tag Micah in. Um, Micah excelled in this match, like we said, playing the powerhouse character. I think she just needs to pick who she does it against. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a superplex off the top rope, followed instantly by a stalling vertical suplex on Azumi. That looked nice. That was great, but also while I do have this match, it escalated in such a way where Superplex was actually a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And genuinely, you know, even though no one is ever finished off with a Superplex anymore, I genuinely believe that, that would be the pit, that would be the finish. Because it mm-hmm. it, it built to that. It escalated in that yeah. way. It was like, for me, it reminded me of the old women's matches from older takeovers. Like where like bet- what if you wrote down what happened between the ropes, you m- wouldn't be blown away, but like it it was paced in such a way where these fairly simple things meant something. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like a Kenta Miyahara match. In beep, a beep, 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 beep. Stop it! <laughs> He's one of the most prolific figures in Japanese wrestling. I'm going to compare in some way. Um, They did mention the postponed singles match from the original Yokohama show between Momo and Julia in the pre-match sort of promos. And it wouldn't surprise me if we're going to get a program between the two later on down the line, especially as there's three big shows and year-end climax left this year. I would be mm-hmm. completely and, down for that. And I'm trying to remember who beat Julia in the five-star. Uh, Himika and Himika's challenging. Who's not going to challenge. No, Himika is challenging, oh, challenging. at I, the next Corrigan. Not this one. Not the one that just happened, the next yeah. one. Um, yeah. I who else beat Julia? Yeah. Tam beat Julia, but she already had a yeah. challenge. They were the only two, weren't they? Yeah, I I check my tracker, but um, that's on my old phone. Yeah. I, th- I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Momo, and I think if Julia and Momo have a match, that would be absolutely incredible. Well, if she beats Momo, that would help establish her a lot because Momo's sort of one of the best, well, the second best white belt champion after Arisa. So no, agreed, agreed. Um. Micah did a lot of the heavy lifting in this match, and I think that's brilliant. Um, her and Azumi had a lot of really, really good chemistry. Um, so, yeah, really, really good match. I gave it eight. Definitely the best Tag League match, you know, on night one. Um, but, yeah, a really, really good way to end night one, Chris. I gave it a um, seven, partly because I was trying not to, like, overrate it just based on how, like, average the other two... Well, either clusterfucked or average um, the other two were. Um, it's definitely a great way to start the main event. These Again, these stardom tournaments are a lot more about um, booking than they are about match quality, but this is a really fun, good match. Yeah, absolutely. So we move on to night two then, which was the 11th of October from Shinkiba First Ring in Tokyo in front of 140 people. And we jump straight in to the Tag League with Moezi defeating Wingori, which is Saya Ida and Hanan at 8 minutes and 17 with the diving foot stomp. Wingori apparently is a name putting together Gorilla 
and the kanji for Hanan's name, which means Southern Wings. Uh, also makes for uh, a freaky I, I, I as just... fuck Frankenstein's monster of a mascot. I don't know if you saw that. I I, I just call them the children in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fucking terrifying mascot. This gorilla with angel's wings. Absolutely haunting. I, I don't... I, I have another thing to haunt me. <laughs> this um, was an unexpectedly really enjoyable match. Yeah, but I didn't see that coming, but it's like um, up to that point, the second best match of the tag league so far for matches. Like, um, yeah, cause I haven't seen like, cause I tend to skip, especially since it's been five star very recently, I tend to skip Hallen matches. Mm. So I haven't seen, she's actually gotten pretty good. I know she's like around the age as Zumi was when she was getting good. So like, I should have expected that, but like for me, I still see that. I just, I don't know what I don't know if you're the same, Rob, but I think it's because I have nieces as well. If I see like a sixteen or seventeen year old, I look at them and think, "Well, you're twelve. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I just, I as I get older, just like my way of telling people's ages gets more and more off. So like, I'll see meet my niece's friend. It's like, I didn't. Why are you hanging out with like a first year? And she's like, "Well." <laughs> She, she's actually like 25 or something. It's like, you're older than me. What? <laughs> but that didn't actually, but it didn't actually happen. Um, but yeah, like this is great. Hannah throwing drop kicks. Like she's the girl from marvelous. Um, Cyrida desperately not wanting to go for another tournament without getting an actual win. Um, what I'd love is Han- if Hannah got a pinfall over someone and then Cyrida turns on her. <laughs> Imagine the scenes. Imagine the scenes. Yeah. Um, um, as, Azumi and Momo are the perfect people to carry them. Mo- um, I liked because Momo didn't do a ton of this match, but what I really liked was Azumi getting more and more annoyed as Hanan wouldn't stay down. I've put that basically Azumi especially suffered from a bout of overconfidence, and the more that mm-hmm. overconfidence played into the match, the more near falls there were for Hanan. And eventually, you could just see Azumi snap and just be like, Do you know what? Fuck off! And she eventually finished her off with a diving foot stomp. Um, yeah. Fair play um, to Hanan and Sayurida, by the way, for their tag team chemistry. Because they managed mm-hmm. to cut off Momo completely from Azumi and just work one isolated body part. They had a plan. They stuck to it. It worked. Mm-hmm. Like and because both of them have fairly basic movesets, they meld together quite well. So like they were surprisingly fluid in their movement. And you're right, the story is getting uh, is for Queen's Quest team getting too overconfident. It reminded me of back in the day, be about 15 years old, was a video game club in school, and there was a Smash Bros. Melee tournament. This guy was showing off all these amazing moves, trying to show off, and then I just falcon punched him and won the match. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was a case of waiting for them to tie themselves out and then pin them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially yeah, it's, it's, based, it's, it's essentially the um, tactic I take when I'm looking after my nieces and, it's, and I need them to go to bed. It's like, we'll get tired eventually and then I'll send them to um, But yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. I gave it seven stars. I thought this was a great match. Yeah, I gave it a high six or seven. This is really good, especially compared to expectations, because you know Hannon's in it. Who like is really how does she? She's sixteen. She is. Just looks on cage match. So like for her, someone rated a four out of ten. I don't think it's fair to rate underage on their ability. This was two years ago when she was fourteen. But yeah, I agree. It is a bit harsh. 
Hang on, someone. Yeah, no, because there's been two. There's two ratings, one now and one in 2018. What someone said in 2018, she is very green. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> She's 14. <laughs> She's 14 years old. <laughs> Fucking Jesus Christ. Damn it, rigs on cage, Matt. To be fair, though, hang on, I need to get this up. Uh, up. I'll re- read it to you later on. It's the most... Um, wanky thing I've ever read on cage match anyway um continue. okay um match two then was a six-woman tag with the ddm team of micah julia and natsupoi defeating color me pop of gokki can death and rio and wiener at nine minutes and 55 with the backlash it was nice to see a different side of julia here chris a more relaxed character easing into the fucking chaos that is gokki can death <laughs> Yeah, um, they really had fun with it. Um, by the way, I, I actually watched the entrance of this one, and that Sapoy still has a stick. I'm really, I'm really, actually, really happy about that because you know it's a statement. It says, "This is me," and <laughs> if you don't stop it, <laughs> can I get one? An, can I please just get one an episode? I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> Oh, I got, by the way, okay, before we continue, I can't move you up because it's it's insanely like um, it's, so it's about the Shizaki versus um Kano match from a few months ago. Um, then it, hang on, I've lost it. <laughs> there it is. Um, I'm reminded of an incident a handful of years ago involving Jack from the YouTube wrestling news hub Cultaholic, a forum that is predominantly focused on the news and discussion of major wrestling companies, WWE, AEW, New Japan, etc. On the off chance they report on lesser known and infrequently discussed pockets of the wrestling world, they're often sloppy and inaccurate in their reports. Such as Jack describing then recent Noah heavyweight Kano as a um, originant of Dragon Gate. Jack and Cultaholic at large were mocked by the small but vocal pure wrestling community for such a glaring oversight. While I understand, like, under, do you see how this has nothing to do with the match? And while I understand the outrage, in retrospect, I feel um, if this comment has aged quite well, as Keno is the most, um, what was it, over the top thing to ever happen to the arc <laughs> since Chris Hero. I'd like to thank Jack Pajaba, a former walk coach in notoriety, for putting into words, intentionally or not, what wrestling is truly about. Match was all right, I guess. Five out of ten. I don't under... Like, I imagine... Like, he has an imaginary glass of wine there, which is definitely schlur. Why were you telling me that? Because you remind... I just We were doing Cage Max and remind me of it, and I've been meaning to show you it in every podcast since I've read it, like back in august but i haven't had the opportunity anyway we can continue <laughs> okay um <laughs> I, ju- I feel like i've just taken lsd um there was a moment where julia physically sighs when she realizes she's got to get in the ring with death which is really quite yeah. funny <laughs> it's like she, she thought she was getting in the ring with um oh Christ, rio. It. It, rio and she's like oh good i'll test my skills death <laughs> fuck fuck <laughs> Say then there's a moment where they try well, and do this triple team submission on Julia and Death tries to jump on Julia's back and just topples off, which makes Julia laugh in the middle of this submission. Um just oh my god, just ridiculous. We then get sassy death when she does her thing in the corner. <laughs> she sushes the crowd and goes, Death, death, death yeah, my death. And it was like, what the fuck am I watching? 
Never, never go that quiet again when doing the death thing. That was really uncomfortable. Death, like death, he... death yeah, Stop yeah. it! Stop <laughs> it! Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> we just lost our entire view. Anyway, um, there's a point in this match where Death's in a um, camel clutch. I think it's Julia doing it. Um, she still has the um, devil haunt, which is kill, but then also she has like sad clown, and I was like, oh my god, it's like fucking Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, but dressed as Mister. T- I, 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 I'm gonna be very, I'm gonna be like glitching out every single fucking death match because I can't handle it. No, I understand that. It, it's a weird aesthetic. Let's be perfectly honest. Um, I, it's not even just like. It, who? How? It's like she doesn't have any grasp of color theory. I think. I think the thing for me is it just looks like the cheapest clown outfit they could find at a Halloween it store. Does. It looks like um, one of those clown fi- things you see in like Poundland going in the lead up to Halloween. Do you know the thing that makes it worse? I what? genuinely find it really funny. I don't. I find it really scary. I think it's fucking hilarious. Um, it's so weird because I wa- I watch like um, some horror movies and like not even wince, right? Like and like the only horror movie I can recall that actually got under my skin was The Shining, and then this is too much for me. You worry me. Um, <laughs> any serious yeah, wrestling don't... was left in Natsupoy and Riho, who had really, really good high-speed chemistry. Yeah, they probably put on the greatest show they could. Natsupoy eventually sees off Rina with a cartwheel powerbomb, dubbed the Backlash, which is a really cool move. Um, I gave it four because there's absolutely nothing to see apart from death being fucking death. Do, do you remember when death matches were just average and now they're this? I don't know what's best. <sighs> Yeah. I really hope she doesn't keep this the next year's five star because I don't think I could cope. <laughs> Imagine if she won the Cinderella. Imagine if this fucking incarnation of death won the Cinderella. Search your feelings, Chris. You know that that is not going to happen. Oh, it's... I don't know anymore, man. Evil was the double champion earlier this fucking year. And, <sighs> True. Like, and the world is upside down. Because apparently the fiend, which was really cool last year, is now lame, and I don't know how the fuck that happened. And <laughs> we can't go outside anymore. Twenty twenty is weird, and it's all it's all fucking Gorkan Dev's fault. <sighs> Match three. Uh, the it's also killer beast. Black Widows defeated MK Sisters at eight minutes and twenty seven seconds with the Kamagoye. Far more satisfying outing for the Black Widow team this week. Uh, this time, sorry. Yeah, um, MK. By the way, every time we say MK, I just think of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I know. I think the same. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, my only problem with B Priestley right now is that literally all her finishing moves are like very, very overtly other people's moves. <laughs> like two of them, fine. Like the Regal Plex and the um, Queen's Landing, they're fine. Those people aren't active anymore. Don't use the Kamagoye. <laughs> It's like when fucking Gunner in TNA was using the F5. It's like, do you really think anyone is thinking of you when you do that? <laughs> like, as soon as B Priestley hits that, I'm like, oh, Kota Bushi's pretty good, isn't he? Um, 
Yeah, they, they seem to find the chemistry that they were struggling with in the last match that we were talking about. And Yeah, um, but again, be getting the heat, which I also expected you not to enjoy. But again, it's a sharp match, so like, it's not a ton of heat still. And it's not that. It's the fact that Konami was... She wasn't in the match for a lot mm-hmm. of it. And then B getting the win, it just seemed very strange that you would build Konami up as this massive heel and then have B take all of the credit. Maybe we've been waiting for her to like, and suddenly she'll just suddenly break someone's neck or something. Yeah. Konami and Mayu had great like, chemistry. Not... Uh, their brief interaction was yeah, great. Well, of course we do. Yeah, um, Starlight's really good. I love Starlight jumping around the ring. She's like actually trying to take on Lucha influences, which is nice to see. Yeah, makes it stand She adapted out. some of her offense as well really, really well. There was a satellite DDT for one, um, and then she countered a mm. takedown from B into a co-breaker, which looked brilliant. She did that in the Yokohama Cinderella match against Azumi as well. Mm-hmm. Like... Starlight's just getting... I think she might be... Is she the most improved? I'm trying to think if there's anyone more improved. Well, tall Saya, surely. <laughs> yeah, but like... In terms of percentage, probably. But in terms of my enjoyment, no. <laughs> well, actually... Yeah, I didn't enjoy Julia at all, and now I do. Okay, so it's very crowded in the most... <laughs> <laughs> I I like yeah I like this match Dave this was a fun match. Um, we talked about um, Starlight now improved she is in her offense that ultimately proved a downfall. She had this satellite DDT mm-hmm. which took B down. She tried it again and finally B actually caught her, stopped it, and then that led to the finish, the Kamigoye, um, which obviously took. Well, they call it, off. it the B trick. Well, no, they don't. They call it the Kamigoye. Oh no, it's the V-Trigger when she does like the Kamigoya into the V-Trigger, which is so much cooler and like helps set her apart. Why did she stop that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was a good match though. Yeah, well, mate, very quickly about May super kicks are getting really, really, really good. They are. They were really good in the Yokohama match against Suri. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's down to how the person taking it sells it. Because like when we do the staggered leg, it actually feels like it connected. It's not like when like. I, I don't like shitting on the Young Bucks. I do really like the Young Bucks. But a lot of their super kicks, the reason they got so over is because of the volume they hit, not quality. Nah, I got that. Like if um, May's kicks are Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, then um, the Young Bucks super kicks are Smarties. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, you get less Reese's Peanut Butter Cups for the amount you get for Smarties, but Smarties aren't as good. (sighs) (laughs) It's true that... My friend sent me a box of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups recently, so they're kind of on my mind. (laughs) Um, Yeah, overall, a far better match for Black Widows. Um, Mayu and Starlight seem to be far more serious in this match. Um, Overall... Really, really good match. I cannot wait for an inevitable Konami Mayu match. Um, overall, really, really good. I give it eight. Um, I get, I kind of give it high seven, and I don't know what's. I think with a lot of these, it is the fact that the crowd can't make noise, and I get that's not the match's fault, but it still affects my enjoyment. It's, I'm probably being too harsh. Well, no, because it affected my enjoyment of this for, of this next match. Uh, match four, Dream H defeated Devil Duo at 12 minutes and four seconds with the GSS. 
All right, very quick question about this match. Did you feel, because I kind of felt here that Mina and Tam didn't gel too well, like a lot of their tag team moves felt a bit forced. It's a weird dynamic they're trying to get across. Basically, yeah. from their pre-match promo, they're trying to get across that, I don't know, it's almost like that Mina is this well-meaning, innocent person and Tam is almost trying to take advantage of her. So this this name... Um, Dream H. Um, she's told Mina that it means um, cute H or something like that. And even though Mina can speak Japanese, uh, she doesn't know what that means apparently. Um, but the <laughs> the um, the English subtitles have helped us out here because above Tam completely barefaced lying to Mina, it says that H is pronounced H-E, which is the first letter of hentai, and in many cases it also stands for sexual perverted horny. So, <laughs> I fucking hate wrestling. Sometimes. I think the entire thing here is that is a hentai. Dog. Yeah, is Tam trying to jump Mina Shirakawa? I, that's the entire meaning of this team by the looks of it. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I I just need to laugh at this because I've clicked on um, Mina Shirakawa's cage match profile to see what people think of her. Because um, like the three matches she's had in stardom, well, four matches now she's had in stardom. Five? She's the few matches she's had in stardom, uh, like the only matches I've ever seen. So I was like, what are people's general impressions? Um, <laughs> everyone voted um, eight out of ten, except for one person who put four out of ten after she joined stardom. Um, and the first one from last year's, um, the current best of Japan, um, best of um, body Japan women's champion, Mina is drop dead gorgeous and surprisingly competent in the ring. I think that's what this is. I think it's just a case of we're supposed to appreciate how good looking she is. And but I don't, that's not why I watch, that's that. not why I watch wrestling. Um, she's like, she's I, average I, I, I at best. Yeah, she's fine. Nothing's bad. Like, here's the thing. I definitely objectify wrestlers. And if you don't believe me, go listen to some of the old Young Lions. But, oh, Koti Obushi. Oh, my God. But anyway, um, but I don't watch Shardom for that. I watch Shardom because of the style. And it's very hard to um, argue that when you see how half some of the fans act. But, like, genuinely, I do believe. Because you go on our Discord and it's not at all like that. So I genuinely believe um, that they're playing to that audience because they're the most likely to spend loads of money. And I have very complex thoughts on idol culture. And at the very least, I don't like it as part of my wrestling. And I just hope she... She only has two years' experience, and she started late. People have started late and got good, DDP, Batista. So she could get good. She's not bad, certainly. And she only has a couple of years of experience. And you've seen how quickly people have gotten better as soon as we joined Stardom, it happened with B, it happened with um, basically everyone in DDM. Um, so I, I do hold out hope. But yeah. as it stands now, I don't like I, this eight out of these, eight, these six, eight out of tens on Cage Match. I'm not seeing it. I'm not at all seeing it. The problem for me, I mean, this was an average match in every sense of the word, but at least there was a definitive yeah. ending, sort of. Um, She's better as a babyface in peril than she is as the hot tag. And she seemed to be used as the hot tag in this match, which made no sense. Um, she still does seem really green. Um, I love the fact that... Which, again, makes... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's not a negative, but she does look green in this match. Um, 
I love the fact that Tori was having absolutely none of her bullshit. Just proper, just kicking <laughs> her and just going, fuck off, just leave me alone. I thought that was great. Is this the first time we've? Is this the first time we've ever actually praised Probably. Tori? Um, that chain fucking made an appearance though, didn't it? Stupid fucking thing. Oh my god, I hate it. I hate it so much. It's so loud. Like, and at least like with Toriano and the tape, the tape is silent. It's like someone's mic to the chain up. It is like someone like could they not have found a quieter chain? Because like I've dragged chains along before. They've never been that loud. Um, I liked the Tam and um, Shirakawa Im- double team implant DDT, though that absolutely should have See, been the that's finish. What I no, like. that should have been the finish. Whatever the fuck the actual finish been, was, like shouldn't have been the finish because but, she got her up on. Can I quit before we go on to finish very quickly? What got me was that that um, like that weird push she does into the. German, that was bad. That was really poorly timed. There was quite a few moments where things were really poorly timed, and that's why I've said she looked. She mm. looked a little bit green. Um, but I think it's not just that. I think her and Tam aren't gelling as a team because, like, someone green can work really well with a veteran. But I, I'm not saying that Tam's not trying, but like, they're not gelling at all, and I don't feel effort for them to well, gel. It's, it's they've had one match. They have had one match, but like, I don't know, Konami and B are gelling fairly well after one well, or two matches. No, because we've just gone on about how their first match, they didn't gel. But then they did in the second match, and these two have already like actually fought, so like they do know each other's offense. Nah, I think we need far more. I think we need at least another match to be able to see if the chemistry's there. I, it doesn't seem to be a thing for me the same way it is for you. No, I, I don't know. I think it's just because like everyone else has sort of gelled fairly well, and this just sort of stands Quite out. Quite a more. few of these have been teams already, though. Yeah, but like um, the the stars team of Hannon and Sire did really well. And Hannon has about as much experience as they Mina. do. They were in the ring with Momo and Azumi. Let's not forget. Yeah, but like we're in... okay, yeah, fair and it's enough. it's not. I'm yeah, not saying enough. that because Tora and Saki are bad wrestlers. I'm not saying that at all. But Tora and but... Saki have to wrestle in a very specific style as they are the main heel mm. unit. So it is very difficult for them to carry them to this blinding match. Let's see how they go on against their next opponents, and we'll see if they've gelled any better. Um, the thing that really annoyed me was the finish, the GSS. She got Saki up on her shoulders, and then I'm pretty sure it was botched because I felt like Saki was supposed to take a back bump after a rotation, sort of like the Stormbreaker. But mm-hmm. instead, she just landed face first, which looked really fucking clunky, and it just it didn't um, seem like it had landed correctly. I think it was meant to land like on her belly, like what Braun Strowman used to do. What the Yokozu the Yokozuka cutter? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah, I just don't. Yeah, but I don't think she. I just don't think it was done that well. It wasn't at all. You could tell. You could tell by the way Saki took it. It wasn't take. It wasn't done right. It just it looked. It mm-hmm. was one of those finishes that looked too convoluted. Yeah, I don't like shitting on the new guy. No, I'm. Not, I'm you've like, shat on it more than I have. I know, but I don't. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, her Luthers press is shit though. Oh, 
my god and i was so scared that was going to be the finish it seemed like something that like something would flash finish yeah on. it was it was it was fucking dreadful um it, like it's no jumbo Charita. no it isn't however one thing let's end on a positive her theme is an absolute french disco acid trip banger it's in, i'm pretty sure that's licensed music i've heard that somewhere before i'll take it it's fucking class I mean, like, if I'm listening to that kind of music, I'm probably not going to remember where I've heard it, but I've heard it somewhere before. <laughs> um, match five. Oh, I gave that five um, because at least there was a finish um, in the Weed of Time match. <laughs> See, that's why I gave it a ten. No. Um, no, I'm feeling like um, I have no strong feelings apart from negative ones, so I feel I should veer towards a four, but I feel like I'm being mean. I'm just going to let you rate okay, this. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, so the main event then saw Grab the Top, which is Himika and Suri, defeat Aphrodite, Sayakamatani and Utami, and the current goddess of stardom tag champions, uh, 14 minutes and 43 seconds with the running powerbomb. Now, Chris, this shouldn't be the thing I focus on, but bear with me. Um, Saya, <laughs> Saya does this quick squat as the bell rings and basically drops to the floor. Now, as this was happening... At the same time, it took me three attempts to pick a pen up off the floor. <laughs> so I just want to... <laughs> just for to be parity, fair, you are, quite, you are quite tall. I know, mate, but it, that, that's not the reason. Let's, let's not mince words. That's not the reason. It, honestly, she hit the floor and bounced back up. I was like... Ugh, uh, uh. To be fair, it's her, it, she's an athlete. It's her job to like be in like, peak physical condition. Even so, mate. Three attempts. Um, I thought you were going to make like a WAP joke for a second because I thought we'd do like the WAP. Oh, I fucking hate that song. Absolutely hate that song. It's, it's a good meme song. It's a really good meme song. Like, honestly, I think the people who like actively hate it don't like it's nothing to actively hate, in my opinion. Like, it's a dumb sex song. How many of them have we had in all of pop music history? I'm not going to bite because. <laughs> I have very, very, li- very aggressively anti-WAP thoughts, and it's, it's li- I'm not going like, to get into that here. Music is literally not fucking like music, like business, business, and history is literally my fucking degree. So I'm willing to argue on this. Anyway, I'm not going to do that here. We'll do that later. <laughs> in, the in the group, group chat, chat so Garth can get involved uh, far better outing for Aphrodite same as it was for Black Widows um, <laughs> even if this match was Battle of the Screams between Kamatani and Suri good grief <laughs> yeah, that got they are, loud they are, they are both expressive to the point of being distracting um, I, I, this was really good I do like the battle of horses between Itami and Himika <sighs> Especially yeah. since Himika has a bit of an axe to grind. I love the fact that they picked up where they left off in the Yokohama Cinderella um, show with the whole clothesline yeah. off. Yeah, it's sort of like one day one of them will win, but not today. <laughs> um, talk about Suri's Oscutter, where she jumps onto the ropes and you are absolutely terrified that she's just going to slip and fall straight through the ropes. But she does eventually get a bomb oh. balance back and hit it. Um, but certainly not as clean as the mm. first night. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, basically, it was a very, very good match. Far better than the Black mm. Widows match. Um, there was a definitive finish. Very surprising that the tag champs haven't won either of their first two matches. Um, 
I enjoyed Sire, but the scream started to grate on me a little bit. Was it as bad as Cinderella for you? No, 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 no. No, even Suri's not as bad as Cinderella <laughs> for me. That really did, really did wind me up. But there was a story here with Sire. She's basically, you know, she's got history with Himika from the Five Star and, of course, from um, the tag team match at Yokohama. And she attempts to go full-on gung-ho and try and match Himika beat for beat. And that opening exchange, it causes her to lose that opening exchange. And then ultimately, trying to go gung-ho at Himika causes her to lose the match as well. And I thought that was a really nice wrinkle. I thought it was interesting that considering the the move that finished off the tag team match at Yokohama, she didn't even attempt to hit here. Mm -hmm. Um, Utami... Again, looked great. Did drop Himika on a head with uh, a sidewalk slam, <laughs> which looked very, very uncomfortable. Um, to be fair, like I think people are still sort of like it's been a few months, but I think people are still adjusting to working with someone as tall as Himika. Yeah, I get that because yeah, I mean, Utami isn't small, but you know, Himika is definitely the but, taller like, she's one. She's not. She's not exceptionally tall, though. How tall is Utami? Utami is cage man. Oh, she's five five. So, you know, she's about the same height as Garth. And um, Himika is five... Seven. So they're actually not that far apart. They just... Like, it's amazing because, like, Himika looks massive. It's like how when you see, like, the stats of Big Show next to someone. It's like, well, he's not that much taller, but Big Show just dwarfs him still yeah, somehow. Yeah, exactly. You look at some of these, like, you look at Mayu, and Mayu looks really tall, and you actually look at how tall she is, and we are both considerably taller. She's five, four. Well, yeah, but, like, we're... Considerably taller than everyone on the roster. That's true. That is true. Um, like that's not really a fair comparison. No, it's not. With like, like if we compare, like I think Garth's a fair comparison. Like not to be mean, he's just shorter. Um, and like Garth is like a, like an inch taller than um Himika, So I think he's got to that point in his age where he just sort of starts receding in height. Does that actually happen? I know Hulk Hogan went got shorter, but that's apparently because he fucked his spine doing leg drops. Or at least that's what he says. <laughs> of course it's what he says. Um <laughs> It's like, yeah, brother, he used to be six foot four. What did you think of this match? Um, I enjoyed it for much the same reasons you do. I like that Sire isn't going for the um for the Phoenix I, Splash. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, for the Phoenix every match. Um I, I like that as a sort of to finish big matches, um, secondary finisher type thing. Um, but I do think she needs a better finisher than the running shooting star. It's a weird middle ground that I'm feeling here. Um, Himika continues to be just great. Shiri, some of those kicks she throws, always great. Very expressive, as <laughs> we've already touched on. Um Itami, it's weird because, like, for me, Tammy was like the least interesting part of this match, and she's easily my favorite wrestler out of mm. three, <laughs> out of the four, rather. So, I don't know, she sort of took a back seat apart from when she was doing her um, clothesline off with Himika. Um, but I did like the story of both Shiri and Himika have an axe to grind with Itami because, but, but it's but she's the reason both of them are out of the five star and then Saya. Like, everyone has an axe to grind here, and it makes for something interesting. What I don't get, though, because I'm looking on the. Um, because for me, this is easily the match of the tag league so far. And um, it's not recommended on cage match, but the Mina Shiakawa Tam match, um, tag match from before is. 
Not the one I'm looking at. On mine, like not enough, um, not recommended for um, that tag match, but um, not enough votes for a total rating, which means it is in the ma- um, recommended match guide on case match. Yeah, I think that's because more people have gone in to absolutely slag it off. You look at the one comment, it's not exactly a glowing indictment of Shirakawa, yeah. is it? I like that. Tamakano and Natsukatora basically took a night off. Yeah, well, you've taken a couple of months off, let's be honest. <laughs> Natsukatora, what's she done all year? <laughs> Well, I guess, well, Cinderella. Ah, but I fucking hated Cinderella. Okay, let's continue. So, overall then, Chris, I gave that a high seven. I don't think I can give it any higher. I I gave it a high seven too. Um, really fun. Um, I do like the the running powerbomb starting to get a bit better. Like, because before, like, it seems to just be more of a height thing than a... Um, actual impact thing. Now there's getting some impact in there, which I do enjoy. It's the problem a lot of people have with falling power bombs, actually, unless you're Kawada, in which case you're just going to drop them on the head. Um, but yeah, but there's nothing like this is a solid match. I just recommend people watch, but you don't need to. It's, it's actually the same what I feel about basically everything. It's like, but it's all really fun if you watch Stardom, but it's not going to convince you if you don't, if you're on the fence about Stardom. There's going to be nothing that enters our match of the year poll at the end, is there? Let's be honest. No, but like, um, tune in next week. I haven't seen the result of the match, but I'm sure it was great. <laughs> yes, yeah, for Takumi Aroa, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I have very, I have great anxiety over saying it now because it's just how I say just it say now. Say Takumi. I, 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 no, I, I'm just used to saying Ahara. Like that's just what I'm used it's, to. Especially at the start of the podcast, he took me ages to get it out because I was like, I know it's not Ahara, it's Aroha. So hopefully, Valkyrie, we've got it right. <laughs> I, Aroha, I Roha, Aroha, Aroha. Okay, you done? No. <laughs> <laughs> so the current standings at the end of night two, we've got uh, Black Widows heading the pack with three points, Julia and Micah with two, uh, Color Me Pop two, uh, Dream H two, Grab the Top two, Momo Z two, uh, Aphrodite 1, Wingori 0, um, Devil Duo 0, and then MK Sisters 0 as well. couple of things I wanted to talk to you about come the end of the podcast, Chris. First thing is, who do you like to win the tournament? Now that we know that the rules are actually completely different to what we initially thought they were, um, who do you think are the two finalists? Who do you think wins? Um, I'm still feeling good about either a Wedatai um, team of B and Konami winning, or possibly if if I'm gonna pick an outsider, Mayu and Starlight would be cool. But for the most part, I think it's but it's either gonna be for me the DDM team of Himika and Shiri, or the um, Wedatai team of B and Konami. So. I agree with you. Let's just have a look very quickly because if they're in the same block, they won't meet in the final. Um, so, B and Konami, Suri and Himika are both in the same block, so it won't be them in the final. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to have... If we're going B Konami in the final, which I do think... I think they're probably the favourites. Um... You look at Red Block, the people that they are. You've got Mayu and Kids, uh, Sayurida and Hanan, Yutami and Saya, Julia and Mike, and Natsukatora and Saki. It's not a really deep pool of teams there. I mean, 
Julia and Micah, maybe? That'd be good. But, I mean, Micah's only just had he... a shot at the championships. True, but like, that's... look how many times Utami got a shot earlier in the year. I mean, ultimately, do you have Utami and Saya win it and then take on B and Konami? I mean, we've just had that match. That might be why it went to a draw. Maybe. Um, you never know. You're like, and I can never, you can never call Stardom to. I mean, you look at the blue block. There are three bona fide winners there: Momo and Azumi, Siori and Himika, and B and Konami. Mm. All three of those, if they had been in different blocks or some manner of different alignments, then each of those have a chance of winning. But I think because B and Konami are in that block and everything that they've done with Konami, it would make sense for them to win. I see them winning against Utami and, Ka- and uh, Saya in the final. Yeah, that would be good. We'll be back next week then uh, with the show from Ishikawa on the 17th and from the Kurik- the Korokan show as well from the 18th, which, as we've already said, was main evented by Mayu and Takumi, um, which is apparently their fourth match, I didn't realise. Um, there was a couple from before. Um, but Yeah, there was a few from before this year, but like I've only seen the one from this year, and it's so good. What... Watch that before next week as well, because I want to. I'm like, deliberately watching I want it next to, like, week it. so that I can compare the two. Absolutely. Good. Thank you. Finally, it's it's only been literally the whole fucking year. Before we sign off, then, Chris, um, the G1 climax final was today. I'm not going to spoil it because that's not fair on anyone that watches New Japan and hasn't watched it yet. The reason I've brought it up is because it is announced that Wrestle Kingdom is going to be, yet again, another two-night show um, on the 4th and the 5th. Obviously, last year we had a stardom exhibition match. Um, It was untelevised, which is a shame, but we did have that stardom match. My question to you, Chris, is if stardom have one match... On this Wrestle Kingdom card, which, with it being two nights, I think is far more likely than it would be if it was one. What match do you have? Who is in it? Oof. Well, you have two options. You can do what you did last year and take sort of your two big, um, your four big pillars, which now two of them are gone. It's really like I was actually thinking about it earlier how much different the landscape is going into this tag league as it was going into last tag league. It's fucking insane. But or you go so you can do do like your showcase or you can do your title match. Having your title match in another promotion might be seen as bad, but also like Wrestle Kingdom's had triple crown defenses before, so I I personally would go for a red belt defense with Mayu, assuming she's still champion at the time. Taking on you can't spunk a good one up for wall because really at the end of the day you're not drawing so maybe may versus b rematch if you want heels because b's now known to the new japan audience that's what i was gonna don't forget as well that match from wrestle kingdom wasn't televised and mm-hmm. if that's the case do you want a red bell defense on a show that's not going to be televised assume that it's well, not going to be that- televised oh we're assuming it's not going to be televised yeah i go was for just going to say match. go for Go for Stars versus... Well, because you need Mayu in there because she's your... Um, so, like, go for Mayu and Tam versus Julia and Shiri or something. I agree. 
to a certain extent. I think they will have an exhibition tag. I think it's just an easy way to expose people. You don't want something that's got too much storyline in either because obviously people who aren't fans of Stardom aren't going to know the storylines. <clears throat> so Also, Wrestle Kingdom weekend tends to have satellite shows and Stardom did have a satellite show yes, last time. Yes, it did. It did. Um, I mean, I'm trying to work it out now. I mean, it would make sense to have B there, especially after her... Um, announcing herself to the New Japan crowd during the A Block final. Um, I think... And also our boy came down from our the mountains. Our boy, the great Okan, my boy! Um, <laughs> like, literally, I think that's literally it reinvigorated our love of New Japan more than anything oh, the G one <laughs> Fucking great Okan, I love that man. Um, I, I, I haven't seen him, I've see, only seen him wrestle once all year, but you know what? It was a bad match, but I still love it. <laughs> I think you, you've got to have Julia in there. So mm. what you could have is Mayu, Mayu and A another. Could be a Tam, could be a Momo. Taking on Julia and B. Oh, so like have representatives from each... Well, there's five factions. There are five factions, but there are also an even number of people in a match unless you do a triple threat, in which case you're going to miss two out. Or, or, you could, or you could do a six-man and have everything mixed up. You could have a six. Six-man... Six women are inherently less entertaining than tag team matches, though. Yeah, you could have a um, four-corners match. But then again, you've, you're going to miss one... Faction. Oh, no, you're not. No, because TCS is gone. Oh, TCS is gone. Oh, I'm still not over it. So um, that is right, yeah. So, yeah, just have a... So, Mayu and Momo... So have a Queen's Quest. This is Julia and B actually works. Yeah, because it's better than having Tora Well, Tora's not going to go there, is she? The only... The... Yeah, no, we don't allow chains in the Tokyo. <laughs> Gets taken off by that beeping machine, the uh, metal detector. That beeping machine, fucking yeah. hell. My head just, my head just <laughs> went and I couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> I had that the other day. It's like what, I was like, "What are those big cars that take things places?" <laughs> <Your> boss. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a van. <laughs> but what? What's even worse? I had that brain fart in front of my eleven-year-old um, niece, and she was like, "It's a van," and I'm like, "Don't you start getting fucking sassy with me, little shit." <laughs> um, my only thing with that is, do you replace Momo with Utami? I personally wouldn't. Um, no, she's the lead. Momo was yeah, the leader. I think so. if Jungle wasn't as badly injured as he was, I think Jungle would be in there as well. Um, but you've got representatives from each one. You've got two heels and two faces, or sort of faces anyway. I think you've got to have those four. They're your four best. Well, three best and... I don't think B's on that level, but she's she's good. <laughs> and Bushi. And Bushi. She, she's she's good. She's just not on a Momo or a Mayu level, is she? No, like, yeah, B's a good heel. She's a good obstacle. But she's not a Momo. She's not a um, Mayu. She's definitely not a Momo or a Mayu. Um, she's probably just below Julia. I say just below Julia. Julia's got a yeah, lot absolutely. better. But, like, yeah, B's not there and like that's no disparaging um disparagement on big you take basically anyone from aw or wwe and they wouldn't be on the level of no, those I agree. unless unless they just decide you know what color me popper over just put color me pop in 
No, no. <laughs> that one, t- two very good reasons. One, they wouldn't put a freelancer on their showcase, would they? They want to showcase people who are gonna who may have lockdown. Two, no, <laughs> no, none of this. <laughs> Why? Anyway, we can't let her go feral in the Tokyo God, Dome. Be like, it like be like Izuka. Ah, I know you don't. Anyway, boys and girls, <laughs> let's boys and girls. Fucking hell, this is my teacher thing coming out. Jeez, it's because I was working before I came no. on to do this. Oh my god! I think it's. I think. I think it's also because clowns. It's. It's been a weird podcast. Not. I mean, it's been a weird podcast, and not only because we've been battling I'm, lag when, like when, you wouldn't believe. Oh yeah, it's been it's quite been awful this episode. So we apologize for that. Um anyway, we will be back next week, hopefully with better um internet connectivity than this week. But we'll be back next week to review nights three and four. Hopefully review that absolute banger between Mayu and Takumi. And we will be updating you on the goddess of stardom um standings. We'll also have more details next week about our stardom end of year awards. We had unanimous support for doing our end of year awards for stardom so we will be putting out I've those i've never seen a hundred percent poll on twitter i've never seen a hundred percent poll on twitter no, thank before. you so much guys we really appreciate that so we'll be getting those out i just want to talk to chris um about how we're gonna do um the show of the year and things like that obviously with um end of year climax being one of the biggest shows and that being on the 26th of december so we'll we'll wait and see how we're gonna do that um and when we're gonna release the categories and the um, options and things like that. But in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to the podcast absolutely anywhere. Um, Please go subscribe, give us a five-star rating. It really does help the podcast out. Um, You can talk to us on Facebook, Twitter, at Stardomcast. Go check out the website, www.podmania.co.uk. You can talk to me on Twitter at at RealRobGoodwin. Chris, where can they find you? at Emma Stone. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.